morning. Pray with me, please. Dear good and gracious God, I pray that some word of mine will be some word of yours for some one of yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was preparing the, the sermon for today, I came across a song. Does that surprise anybody? I came across a song that uh, I thought fit the message today just beautifully. And um, it was a song when I was growing up in a little small church. People used to sing it a cappella primarily because they didn't have any instruments. So in that tradition, I'd like to do this song for you today. Now listen to the words of it. It's about accepting and rejecting Christ. Three men on a mountain up on Calvary and the man in the middle was Jesus. He died for you and me. The man on the right was a sinner man. Tied to the cross he bled. He could have been forgiven, but he mocked the Lord instead. You say you are the Son of God. They nailed you to that tree. Come down, come down and save us, if God your Father be. Three men on a mountain, up on Calvary. And the man in the middle was Jesus. He died for you and me. Well, the man on the left was a sinner too. But he was sorry for his sins. He begged the Lord for forgiveness. And Jesus said to him, Fear not, fear not this earthly death. Before this day is o'er, You'll be with me in paradise on heaven's golden shore. Three men on a mountain, up on Calvary. And the man in the middle was Jesus. He died for you and me. Thank you. Well, the gospel lesson today seems to suggest that the Jewish leaders wanted to know if Jesus was the Christ. In other words, was he the Son of God? This reminds me that when I was younger and I visited my hometown, little hometown in Jamestown, Tennessee. How many of you have ever been there or know about it? Raise your hand if you've been to Jamestown. Everywhere I went, people wanted to know this about me. Whose boy are you? In other words, who are your parents? At the time, I thought this was kind of odd, but what they were basically doing is trying to find out if I came from good stock. They wanted to know basically if I was a good person and someone that they could trust. Well, probably like many of you, my hometown was so small that people would run a tab at the local store. When they bought things, they would then settle up when they got enough money to pay the bill. If the store owner didn't know you, but he knew your parents, then they would be more willing to give you some credit because people assumed then that if your parents were good people, responsible people, then you had learned to be responsible as well and to act like them. In other words, they could trust you. This was what the Jewish leaders were in fact, in fact asking Jesus. Are you the Christ? Are you saying that you're the Son of God? Our lesson says that the Jews were in the temple and they gathered around Jesus and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. And Jesus says to them, I have told you who I am, and you still don't believe. He goes on and tells them that the works that I do in my Father's name bears witness about me. But you, not, you don't believe because you are not among my sheep. 
In other words, all the things he had talked about, the miracles that he had performed, and his teachings that he had done are such that they have come from God. But the Jews don't know him well enough to see and to listen or hear. It's important to note that it was not the average Jewish person who was opposing Jesus, but it was the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees in particular. When the, Jesus, when the Jewish leaders were asking Jesus to not keep them in suspense, it really wasn't suspense that concerned them. It wasn't that at all. It was frustration. The Jewish leaders had been frustrated by their inability to find grounds on which to convict Jesus. When they asked Jesus to tell them plainly, they're asking to get Jesus to say something that will be used against him later. But Jesus answers them by saying, the works that I do in my Father's name, they testify about me. Jesus goes on and tells them that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, if you read this and aren't careful, you might think that Jesus is saying that the sheep follow him because they know him, but that's not what he says. Instead, he says that they follow him because he knows them. He knows you. He knows us. It's always been a mystery to me, and probably most of you, that how in the world could the Pharisees have witnessed and listened to Jesus and seen him perform these miracles, but yet still not listen or understand? Let me kind of explain that in the best way that I can understand it. There's a man deciding, had decided that his wife was getting kind of hard of hearing. So he called her doctor to make an appointment. He wanted to have her hearing checked. And the doctor said he could see her maybe in a couple weeks. But meanwhile, there was a simple informal test that the husband could do to give the doctor some idea of the extent of her problem. He said, here's what you do. He said, you stand about 40 feet away from her and you speak in normal conversational tone and you see if she's able to hear you. If not, you move up 10 feet to 30 feet, then 20 feet, and so on until you finally get a response. So that evening, his wife was in the kitchen cooking dinner, and he's in the living room, and he says to himself, well, I guess I'm about 40 feet. Let's see what happens. Honey, what's for supper? No response. So he moves to the other end of the room, about 30 feet away, and he says, honey, what's for supper? Still no response. Same at 20 feet. Same at 10 feet. So then he walks up right behind her and says, honey, what's for supper? She turns around and says, for the fifth time, chicken. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is sometimes in our lives, however? We are either deaf to what is really going on, or we fail to perceive the reality of what's going on, or we think it's the other person's problem when really it's our own problem. Sometimes we have selective hearing. How many of you women think the husbands have selective hearing? All right, look up. All those hands go up. <laughs> Sometimes we hear what we only want to hear. And I think that that may have been what was going on with the Pharisees. John 10, 27 reads, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. Jesus is saying that his sheep do three things. First, they hear his voice. Second, he knows them. And third, they follow him. The important thing to understand is why we don't have to do these three things in order to become his sheep. Because Jesus is saying that his sheep already do these things. They already listen to him, and he already knows them, and they already follow him. This also implies something very important, however, and that is that the, those people that don't hear his voice, in other words, don't listen to him, they don't know him. That bears repeating. This also implies that those that don't hear his voice or listen don't know him. So how do you hear his voice? Well, you're doing it today. You're attending church. You're reading the Bible and through prayer. By doing these things, you will be open to seeing his miracles and, his, and hearing his voice talk to you in your daily life. You can learn who Jesus is, but how often do you communicate with him? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you go to him in prayer? Do you listen to him? Husbands, how often do you communicate with your wives? Wives, how often do you communicate with your husbands? If you hear his voice and he knows you, then thirdly, do you follow him? In other words, do you do what he asks you to do? Just like a sheep follows the shepherd, do you follow Jesus? Another way of saying it is, are you living a Christian life? John 10, 28 reads, I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Wow, that is such good news today. Good news on Mother's Day. Some of us have lost our mothers, and others have we've lost our loved ones. But today we are reminded by these words that although they have passed and gone before us, we will see them again. The gospel lesson fills us with the joy and the promise of knowing that we will again see them someday. Jesus also promises to those that belong to him that they will have eternal life. A life without sickness. A life without disease. A life without broken relationships. And yes, even a life without death. There we will never die. This means that we are saved, and nothing can take you away from him. Not even, listen to this, not even your past sins or transgressions. You have been forgiven, and your sins have been washed away by his blood sacrifice. In conclusion, I would like to leave you with the following. What is your relationship like with Jesus? How often do you pray? How often do you read the Bible? Do you have a mutual relationship? He knows you, but how well do you know him? Amen.